Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Frost, and my guest today is Sandy Robertson. She's an equestrian confidence coach, a performance coach. She's been a best-selling author and she's a presenter and columnist. But today, we're talking life. How do you juggle horses with life? Sandy shares all on the Horse Hour podcast. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. My guest today is just the most amazing woman. She's called Sandy Robertson. She's an equestrian confidence coach. She's a best-selling author and she's a presenter and a columnist. You will have seen her in the Horse Times, in Your Horse magazine, and now she's joining us on the Horse Hour podcast. Sandy, how are you? I'm very well, Amy. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm so keen to talk to you because, well, there are two reasons. The first is that you're an equestrian confidence coach. And we can talk about that a little bit, I think, because we often, as equestrians, both as riders and probably as human beings, tend to need as much confidence as we can get because uh, we're crazy. We've got to be crazy to have horses. Absolutely. <laughs> There's never any shortage of clients, shall we say. There's never, never <laughs> any shortage of, um, of things to lose our confidence with in the equestrian world and the world outside. And then to add to that is the fact that you're a mum too. So you're also trying to juggle horses and a business and being a mum at the same time. And if anybody needs confidence at being a mum, then uh, it's definitely us. So we need your help with that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, it's one that's a work in progress with, my, with myself as well, with my little girl is uh, three and a half now so it's um it's definitely been a steep learning curve but um when I think I'm on the crest of now that said she's on the um on the couch next to me watching an iPad so she may put her tuppence worth in at some point as well <laughs> all the things you say you would never do as a parent I'm like she'll never watch an iPad and she'll never do anything to get something done huh Oh, I know, but aren't the iPads just the best invention ever? And I do have, I I have a five-year-old stepson and I, you know, I do have the sense of guilt when I do put the iPad on, but I think occasionally, you know, it's good for them to have a bit of a break as well. There's only so much playing outside that you can do. And I, I kind of, my guilt is overridden with, I'm putting it down to rest time. (laughs) I like that. And it's really warm here for a change in Scotland. So like you say, she's been outside a lot. And um, yeah, I think I think everything in equal measures is okay. A little bit of everything's okay, yeah. isn't it? 
It is, absolutely. We do. I do feel that we as parents as well feel the need to justify sometimes the amount of time that we spend with our children and, and having them around. Like, for example, having a business is quite difficult when you've got a family anyway. And I love the fact because, you know, it's 24 seven. And if we spend not enough time with the children, then we feel guilty. And if we spend not enough time on our business, then we feel guilty because it's the future of our children. And I think we just spend the whole time feeling guilty. Absolutely. I think um, social media also plays a part in that, doesn't it? I think it's um, it's so incredibly important and so incredibly positive. But I think women especially are expected and thrown onto this sort of 24-hour cycle. But not only that, we're expected to play so many roles. So we're trying to um, build a business or you're trying to work to have your horses as a hobby. You're trying to be a mum, you're trying to be a wife or you know, there's so many roles that we're expected to, to play out now that, yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And, you know, our, our minds haven't developed. The way our body and our psyche works hasn't developed really since the days when we were cave women. You know, so there, there is a time when we need to press pause. And most of the time we don't. We're so busy looking after everything and everybody else that we don't give ourselves that downtime. And quite often that's when I see confidence issues starting to come to the fore and a lot of the time it's just because we're burnt out Mm, oh gosh I am with you I feel like Oprah right now because (laughs) I am with you on the burnt out Mm. thing and Mm -hmm. um you know this is an equestrian podcast this isn't a business podcast however a lot of our equestrian listeners and and supporters have businesses and and I think a lot of uh, a lot of the riders have businesses they're selling horses all the time they've got uh, their instructors so I think a Amalgamating the two is very important when you're trying to run a family at the same time. Um, you know, for example, prime prime example this weekend, I was determined to have a weekend with my husband because he's um, he's away a lot with work. We never get time together. We've just moved house, and I said, right, okay, we're going to have a weekend together. And what happened is we ended up having to refence the fields because we've just moved mm-hmm. to a new field. We end up doing jobs, and you know you do get a burnout and then and then you want your children you were saying earlier your little girl is next to you you want your children to learn that a good work ethic is good and to be confident with themselves and their future and 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 to basically get an aim for what they want but I keep hearing these words balance work-life balance I I don't even know what work-life balance means <laughs> yeah you know I think we know the balance is tipped hasn't it in society and I think um like you mentioned yeah, a lot of equestrians work within the equestrian industry or field or have their own equestrian business but then there's also the other spectrum of equestrians who I admire greatly and who a lot of my clients are who are females who are holding down really tough jobs you know really high pressure jobs as well and then trying to fit in an almost full-time hobby mm. round about it and try and justify that you know and that gets difficult when they're leaving the house at six in the morning and working in town or city all day and then come home and try and do the horses you know have some family time it's it's difficult and I think one of the things I try and work with with clients is you know unfortunately I don't have a magic wand but I wish I did a lot of the mm. time but um, I think when you can get your mind in the place where there's just things you need to do because often there are just things we need to do. But when you can get yourself in the way of thinking, listen, I just need to do that today, but not constantly thinking about the thing you have to do next. Because, you know, that's one of the biggest factors that creates stress. So, you know, if you just know you have 10 things or 110 things, as it may be, to do in that day, 
you just get through them rather than thinking when you're on one task, what am I doing next and what am I doing next and what am I doing next seems to work really well. And also I think we're all bad for doing things that we don't really need to do. Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes we have to just let ourselves, you know, off the hook. And I'm, I'm totally with you. I was working um, luckily <laughs> in San Tropez this weekend and Madrid the weekend before, but I had to take my partner, had had to take my partner <laughs> um, with me to San Tropez this weekend to try and, and fit in some time. So I think we can only just do what we can do. You know, I think we put ourselves under huge pressure to be, be doing everything at a 10 out of 10 all the time. And it's, it's not realistic pressure. No, I agree with you. And, and you know, a lot of riders, uh, especially at the events I've been to over the last few years, have to take their families with them. And it's a lifestyle choice. We we choose to have horses. We choose to do this as a hobby. And I'm sure, I'm sure you listening will agree we choose this because we know it's healthy. It's good for our, it's good for our families. It's good for the kids to be outside. But ultimately, we do make a lot of sacrifices. And one of those sacrifices... I think is our time you know I'm choosing I've got three piles of ironing to do I'm thinking how on earth am I going to get that done tonight it's horse hour on Twitter this evening we've got a photo shoot to do in the next couple of hours as well and then there's editing and then you've got to do dinner and at what point am I going to get the Tesco's shopping in and I'm not being woe is me at all because these are our choices that we've made but I guess what I'm asking for you to save us with as our guardian angel, Sandy, is some tips and to relieve the guilt. How how can we, oh, there are these cheesy sayings, you know, I've heard them all for, for years. Work smart, not hard. Who came up with that work smart, not hard? Yeah. I've been trying to work smart all my life. <laughs> But I'm still working hard, you know. I know. In our minds, I think if I wake up in the morning and say, I'm, you know, okay, I woke up not that long ago and said, I'm going to have a really good day today. I'm feeling really strong. I'm feeling quite powerful. I'm feeling, I'm feeling in control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That day I had the worst day ever. I'm not even joking. I mean, anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And now I'm afraid to say that I'm in that good place because I'm scared that I'm jinxing it and that something's going to go wrong. So what do we say to ourselves in the morning if we really do want to have a good day? And it's, it's a really good question. And there's two, um, two points caveated in that almost. And resilience is something that equestrians have to have by the bucket load you know and and just like you said because you can be in the best frame of mind you can be in the best day in the saddle everything can be amazing and then it can within a split second just turn in its head can't it you know I think the only thing with horses is that we can guarantee that there are no guarantees so resilience you know resilience is something that I work on a lot with my clients over a period of time but definitely um something else I almost insist they do is uh morning mindset routine so that you get yourself in a better frame of mind so that when things do go wrong that day then you know that's life and and things are going to happen things are going to go wrong the important thing is how quickly we can just let it go and move on to the next thing Mm. instead of thinking it's a bit like diet club isn't it where you think oh I've been rubbish today so that's it it's all doomed instead of thinking oh I've been bad today but tomorrow's a new day and you start again Mm. But mindset routines and resilience are really important. Um, breathing exercises. And this was something I didn't, uh, when I started working with a coach, you know, just briefly, I, I got into all of this because I was a professional show jumper um, and broke my back, really? which cost me. Yeah, I, I fractured my spine and um, 
in seven places and oh. lost my first marriage was destroyed because of it and you know it was it was a big big learning curve for me and um yeah realizing the power of of your own positive energy you know even when things are going well or whether they're going badly realizing what we can cope with and giving ourselves permission to let things go is a massive thing yeah especially in the UK we we mm. are almost brought up in a culture or a society where we're you know you don't dream too big because it's farther to fall or you know it's almost um it's almost a bad thing to want to do better here Sandy I'm I'm I had no idea you went through that trauma when was that it would be 12 years ago now so oh yeah I um show jumping accident and then after it I trained because I wanted to give my body something back it took about a year and a half to recover and um I never thought I'd be able to have children either so that was a shock <laughs> three and a half years ago along came Lucy <laughs> um, I was like wow really no? um so I trained as a personal trainer and nutritionist and I worked as a mind coach within I used to have strangely equestrians as a hobby because going back to um, a kind of self-worth thing, I guess I didn't think that I was able to work in an industry that I wanted to do and couldn't see how that, that could be okay, how it could be allowed. So I had that as a as a hobby and I worked with some um, first division football clubs and um, was a life coach and trained a lot of people in hypnosis and NLP and wrote for quite a lot of big publications. And it took for me to work with a coach her to say you know every, everything you do Sandy's about horses you know you live them you breathe them you work with equestrians as a hobby you're a qualified coach you, you've, you've done all this you've got the mind stuff you've got the body stuff you've got the nutrition stuff why the heck aren't you just working with horses mm. or people I was like I didn't think that I could <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I didn't think that I could and since then um yeah my my hoofs haven't haven't stopped trotting shall we say <laughs> Because I'm really working with the same issues, just just with the questions. Different sport. I know it's funny, isn't it? Anybody, and and, oh. I, and I've heard that very much as well. You know, they say, um, "Why are you doing a podcast on horses? Like that must be a really cool hobby to have." And you're like, "Ma." Um, but had it been on rugby or football, then now it would be seen as a business. And I think perception is key. Um, and I think in our industry, we're, we're quite often yeah. perceived as it's just a fun thing to do in the afternoon. And I and I don't know how you feel, but for mm-hmm. many years, we had to defend ourselves as to why we're spending hours training. And what's the difference between I'm going for a ride and I'm training? I'm training my horse. You know, you, you, you go into training regimes and you have a coach you don't just have an instructor now it's a coach and you have an equestrian mind coach and a you know a sports psychologist and it's the it's the perception and your thought process into the career I'm guessing that you want but but before again we talk about that and and I'm you know I tell me if I'm probing but I'm fascinated Sandy with when you went through your accident and I'm sorry to hear that you know your marriage didn't survive that would you say that was a mixture 50-50 of you and your husband or would you say that your husband was unsupportive with the psychological impact that your accident had? Um, I'm a completely open book so you can ask me any questions <laughs> you'll you. find it written somewhere in some newspaper in my book anyway so it's all good um, it was it's unfair to say any breakdown is 100% anyone's fault but 
he didn't come to the hospital when I had the accident um, for two nights to give me time to think about what I had done. He, <gasps> hold on, he, hold on. He didn't know, come to the. He didn't go to the hospital so that you could. What is he doing? What are you, a child? Is he scolding you for falling <laughs> off your horse? And and it was a bit like that. He um, was a lo- lovely chap, but he and bars in our lives were very different. But as long as I kept the horses separate. Hmm. and fulfilled everything else then it worked and I know you know we all know horses financially are a nightmare you know we can't justify it Hmm. and very rarely well with with our certainly with our own pet horses or hobby horses very rarely are we going to make any return on it financially but what they give us to people is more but at that time I did work as I say as a rider professionally um, and had sat on my stages so that that was my life and when I had the accident and, well, you know, without dramatising, it was pretty bad. I was in bed for five months and then in metal brace. And so it was quite a long recovery period. But, um, yeah, he decided that it was the horses or him. He wow. wasn't prepared for me to be able to. And I don't know, did he love me too much? I think that's probably a noble excuse he had be. Um, he hid behind for a while. So, yeah, it was, it was him or the horses, but he, there was no other option. You know, he didn't want to have a family, didn't want to do anything. And I couldn't believe that someone that was meant to love me would make me choose, whereas I would have sold everything that I had to buy him something that made him happy. Yeah, or support him. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do Absolutely. in marriage, isn't it? Yeah. Is support each other and help yeah. each other grow. And not e- uh, grow, and not even if you, you, you don't always necessarily agree with your partner's choices, but yeah. a lot of it is compromise. And I'm still in shock at the fact that he didn't come to the hospital after two days because... <laughs> I think if my husband did that, I'd be getting a divorce as well. I'd, I'd need him there by the time I get to the hospital, you know. Oh, well, thank you for, for sharing that. And, and and I'm sorry that you went through that. But at the same time, I think, well, you've met somebody else and um, you have a beautiful little girl. So at what point was it that you said for me? Because it's hard enough going through an accident and a trauma like that anyway, without then feeling like your whole world is falling apart. And I should imagine it would have been very easy for you to have crumbled and fall into a depression and feel, what's the point in getting up in the morning? You know, I can't ride. I haven't got my horses. I've lost my husband. I have no future. How did you get through that? I think think this is where I probably realized the power of my own mind. I always knew that I was... (laughs) I suppose some people would call it stubborn. I think <laughs> it's strong. But at the time, genuinely, when the, when the accident happened, and obviously you are on your own a lot, but I was so utterly focused on getting better and so focused on, and my mum was a fantastic support. I had to go back and live at home. And I was so focused on them seeing that I was okay Mm. Yeah, I was so aware of the effect it was having on anyone else. And I remember the day that they brought a wheelchair into the room for me. And I am to this day forever great. You know, I understand that I'm incredibly lucky. If, if it was the only luck I ever have in my life, it was that day. And not everyone has this option. But I remember looking at it and thinking, I will never sit in that. I will never sit. And I just wouldn't let it be in the room. I couldn't bear to see it. I couldn't. And every every single Thing I did every single day was towards just getting better mm. I remember my poor mother driving home and I had managed to grab hold of my cast at about four months 
because I did, <laughs> I'm a rugging addict, had decided <laughs> the horses must be too hot in the field, so shouldn't be walking, but I managed to get myself over the fence and the rugs off, but then just got stuck. Didn't have the energy or the power or anything to walk past. So she came home to see the shadow of a girl in a body cast surrounded in New Zealand rugs stuck, <laughs> stuck in the middle of the field. But I think that nearly finished her off. But mm. yeah, I think it's, I think people have two different ways. And I guess I was lucky that I had people around me and became hugely focused on, on just getting better. Mm. Just every, um, and went back to working in a equestrian tax shop actually within probably too soon but certainly before I was riding so yeah and it's but yeah it's easy to to fall into a dark place and I Mm. think probably after I was better that was easier to do if that makes sense you when you start to when when people start to achieve goals and then it almost leaves that space to think about what happened I would say probably the after the acute phase was over was the hardest time that makes sense not the actual physical recovery Hmm. It's is the time when you're on your own and it's night time and you can't sleep because you still have pain and I hear a lot of people say I don't want to be a burden on my friends and my family and you know it's bad enough that I, I can't do all these things I used to be able to do but emotionally I don't want to be a burden so to when you're feeling like that to then have to try and get yourself through that kind of dark place to knowing what you want and feeling like it's almost unachievable I don't I don't know I just I feel as friends and family we we are not a burden as friends and family we want you to shout till you're blue in the face as long as it makes you feel better we just want you to feel better but sometimes it's quite difficult to know how to look after you not even look after you because you don't need looking after but how to help you through that yeah and I think with horses as well, there is always an element of guilt and there, there absolutely shouldn't be. But I do think there's always that element of, oh, I did this to myself, whether it's because your family didn't want you to ride or your partner is perhaps not supportive or you knew yourself you shouldn't have been doing it that day. There's so many different things, aren't there? But, so I think that we often we put a brave face on or we hide because we don't want to say that we're struggling with it, almost to save face a lot of the time. But yeah, absolutely, especially with um, with mental mental well-being and I'm, I'm glad that it's something that's been highlighted that's not highlighted enough yet in the equestrian world mm. but you know it's something that yeah if you're ever struggling if you're ever down if you're ever in them then please talk please talk because if you say it somebody wants to hear it oh totally agree I mean well gosh I'm one for say I probably go the other way and talk too much my poor husband I'm like right this is how I feel today <laughs> I'm feeling like this yeah 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 and these are the reasons why and I need you to understand and then we can move forward yeah (laughs) but you know something about just voicing it isn't it even if you don't get the answer that you want I think just not carrying it around and because when you're only in your own head you're never going to get the answer that you want (laughs) you're having the same argument back and forth so sometimes just getting it out or writing it down is the best therapy in the world Oh, absolutely. Or just, um, I used to, uh, it probably sounds crazy, and you're going to cut me off to a mental hospital now. I'm glad you're not a psychiatrist. That always scares me when I interview psychiatrists. Um, But little voice notes to yourself sometimes. And, you know, on your phone, you can get a voice note. And if something's really bothering me, and I'm not sure whether I want to actually voice it to anybody, I just voice it to myself. And nine times out of ten, 
I don't listen to it ever again. Um, but it's made me feel better. And then I delete it and I go, oh, I was having a bit of a stupid moment thinking about that. And actually, do you know when I started doing that, when I was really worried about riding again, mm-hmm. um, and there are certain things that I was scared of. So I'd, I'd be scared of traveling my horse. I'd be scared of you know, the things that I would find quite stressful that I would then put that pressure on my horse and say that my horse would find it stressful. Um, I'd just talk to myself <laughs> and give it on voice notes before or leading up to it and say, right, this is what I'm worried about. Talk through it. What are you worried about? I'm worried about getting my horse in the trailer. Oh, okay. So what are you going to do if you don't get your horse in the trailer? I'm going to put him back in the field. Okay, big deal. You know, like, like so you almost talk through worst case scenarios do you find mm. that that helps? Absolutely. And something I work with a lot of clients with is, is, and it's very similar, it's called the what if strategy, you know, and if you keep asking yourself what if, normally the answer is actually nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, can build, we can build these huge mountains, but, like, but this might happen and that might happen and this. And it's like, yeah, but what if it does, what if it does, what if it does? And normally mm-hmm. we get to a place where it's like, ah, oh, doesn't matter. It really yeah. doesn't matter, but it can take us a while to dance around that issue. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm. And I always think working with people, if you can't normally... If we can't find a reason, a strong enough reason not to do something, then the reasons are, the reason is to do it. You know, normally if it, if there's chatter inside your head, then it's kind of an anxiety or nerves, but that's okay unless there's a really strong reason not to do something. You know, if it's if that horse um, flips over in traffic, or mm-hmm. I haven't ridden him for ten days, but today's a good day. To, you know, they're logical, genuine excuses or reasons not to do something. Mm. But normally we can't find a valid enough reason not to do it. And then a sort of balance in your mind to say, oh, actually, actually, it's okay. This is time for me to just to put big girl pants on and do it. 
Yes, and that's sometimes the hardest thing, I think, is acknowledging it. So for a long time, I would avoid situations um, yeah. and I'd find excuses. It became a bit of a running joke with my friend Ruby is that um, I'd cancel riding so many times um, because yeah. of one thing or another. And in the end, I started, again, the guilt. Oh, my goodness, we have so much guilt. Um, yeah. But the guilt would come in because I'd feel like I was letting her down. And I thought, I really need to acknowledge and do something about this. I'm avoiding riding. Why? Why am I avoiding it? Because I love it. I'm, I'm avoiding it because I'm afraid of all these things that could happen. And um, it's very easy to sit there on your high horses, they say, and say, okay, well, let's just get on with it. But actually, I think it's really difficult to do that. If we go back to the children's scenario, wouldn't it be amazing, I think, in my ideal um, little Amy's bubble world, where we could actually support each other? Because one of the biggest things that I hear the most is I don't have time to ride because I'm picking the kids up. I've got work. Um, I can't I can't horse ride when there's, you know, I have two toddlers in tow. Um, mm. So I actually set up a little a little um, childcare group for some friends and so we'd go right you know we'd go right down to the yard at the same time the kids all finish school around the same time and we'd each take it in turns to look after the children and we wouldn't all ride every day but half an hour just half an hour just to have a quick ride around the school and someone's looking after the kids and that worked quite well because it meant the kids can all play together and have some fun and we get the mind space and the riding without one feeling guilty because they're there having an amazing time playing with their friends but also they're not going to get run over by dogs and tractors and horses and you know they're not yeah. in a dangerous position absolutely and I think you know tr- just trying to fit everything in and like you say when you're doing that when you're in that state you almost have to have eyes on the back of your head don't you which does create that that state of anxiousness and when we get into the state of anxiousness it's our natural survival mechanism to start to look for what's making us anxious so naturally we start to worry about different things that may be in the periphery or do crazy catastrophic thinking you'll you know we all know just how crazy we can make a hack go wrong (laughs) 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 within 30 seconds you can have a dinosaur a helicopter everything (laughs) landing when all they're going to do really is shake their ears so you know normally a, a really good technique a really Um, simple but good technique is the stop thinking process Mm. so when you're aware of your thoughts dwelling down you know down that road or when you're daydreaming because what we do is with that part of our mind when we're daydreaming then most of us aren't very good at daydreaming in a positive place yeah usually we're daydreaming about all the things we need to do or what we've how we've upset someone that day or the excuses we can make not to ride or that we're not doing things well enough or good enough or, you know, and that's the part of our mind that learns habits and patterns and responses. So if we spend all our time hypnotizing ourselves in effect negatively, then it's no wonder we get into this state. So, you know, to go back to when you said um, it's easier to say just got on with it than it is to do it. And it's for that reason. So when we spend all our time putting all that negative information into our mind, when we get to the place, which is the horses or whatever it is that's causing the problem, that part of our mind says, oh, oh, wait a minute, this isn't good for us because I've seen what happens here, I've seen it all before. That part of our mind believes everything we put in it, every thought, every um, sound, every imaginary movie that we make up because it doesn't have any logic. Hmm. So it thinks that it already knows what's going to happen there. So naturally people get when they think about the horse or see the horse they think oh all these feelings are coming back so it's quite often easier 
to avoid it than it is to you know to step up and then make time and all the other sacrifices that go along with with your pleasure time so how do we not do that (laughs) stop thinking the stop thinking techniques are really good ones so when you the, the key to it is becoming aware of when we're dwelling in these thoughts because quite odd, you know, it's the same as when you drive somewhere and you think, I have no idea how I got here today. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you do that, then that means you've been in that subconscious part of your mind. So when we're in that part of our mind, we need to be really, really regimented at not letting ourselves indulge these negative thoughts. So it becomes almost like a, a way of thinking, it becomes a part of, of who we are. And if you can imagine if you spent a few weeks learning French before you went to France and then you got off the boat or the plane or the ferry and the first person spoke English and you didn't speak French, then nothing would change. But if you tried really hard for a couple of weeks, by the end of it, you'd be quite fluent in in another language. So our thought process is very like that. So when you become aware that you're thinking in these negative thoughts, and sometimes we quite like it because it feels safe, it feels familiar. And we know that when we stop doing that, then it's stretching our boundary and it means that we're going to have to take positive action. So sometimes we use it almost as an elastoplast or a cage to keep us stuck somewhere. But we literally shout stop inside your head. You can shout stop out loud, but it depends where you are if you want section. Um, so by literally shouting stop and not allowing yourself to think these thoughts, what our mind then has to do is fill them with something different. So you'll find that the the less that you indulge these thoughts, the less the mind will present them to you. And if you imagine it takes 66 days to change a habit, it takes 66 days for something to become a subconscious function. So if you try that even for a month, I guarantee that these thoughts just won't be there or won't be there nearly so frequently. And when you've done it for a couple of weeks, it's quite a hard shift to go from thinking negatively to filling that space with something positive. Yes, yeah. I think that's almost an unreal. You know, you hear a lot of life coaches being like, you know, delete that picture and imagine yourself as this person or that person. And I think that's quite unrealistic and it's quite hard to do. But by practicing, you know, in, in the morning mindset, and I can send your listeners a, like, I have an eight minute um, mindset, sort of build your own mindset routine. I'd be happy to send to you for anyone who'd be interested. You know, it teaches you the, the art of positive visualization. But the great place to start with that one is just to remember yourself doing things well or to watch videos of yourself jumping or hacking or a picture of a time when you were really happy so that you're, instead of these negative thoughts, you're re-inputting positive information. That's really kind of you, Sandy. We'd love that eight-minute visualisation, please. Thank you. And I think we should um, I think we should have a go at doing it together. We'll send it out via our newsletter. So everybody who receives the weekly updates um, on horsehour.co.uk, if you've registered your email address, then we will send you the eight-minute visualisation. And if you'd like to register your email address, then we'll put that on Twitter this evening. Um, because I think... We often hear these things, Sandy. We often hear about how to visualize and how to change your thought process and you've got to think more positively. And shall I be honest with what happens to me is I go into full-blown meltdown of panic of I'm going, I'm thinking negatively. Oh, no, 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 I can't be thinking negatively. I've got to think positively. Quick, find something else to think about. And then I spend time panicking about the fact that I'm thinking negatively, trying to think of something positive. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it can become something else that we're just not doing right, doesn't it? It yeah. almost you know, becomes a pressure. And again, I think people are unrealistic about you know, just how shiny, perfect, bulletproof we're meant to be. <laughs> you know, but if we can get ourselves 
in a place where we quite like who we are, where we can manage most situations and we can when when we can feel confident and put ourselves into situations that we want to be in and do well in them, you know, then that's a really good place to be. Mm. You know, being okay is a really good place to be. I think, you know, we all think we have to be like high five and, you know, it's, <laughs> it's positive thinking and, and locking yourself in a dark room is, you know, and there isn't much in between. Mm. But a place where you can just say, yeah, today's been mostly good. <laughs> or yeah I, I let myself enjoy that today instead of thinking ah, oh, I did 99 things well today but oh my goodness that one thing was awful mm. yeah and I think horses beat that culture and it's done you know often I say to clients if you went to a supermarket and you forgot one thing on your list you would never ever say oh that's it I'm never going shopping again I can't shop you know I'm, I'm an awful shopper because you do one thing mm. but I think with um you know, with horses, there is nothing else that has the emotional investment, the time, the financial investment, the guilt, and most of it comes from, it's really the only thing that we choose to do. You know, all of that pressure and all of that stuff, we're doing it for ourselves, we're putting it on ourselves. Hmm. You are so true, Sandy, and I can hear your little one now. She's She's been so good for the last half an hour. So thank you for your um, for your help today. I, I would love to invite you back on because, I goodness, I could talk about families and life and I could talk to you for a really long time. So um, how can we find out, how can we connect with you on Twitter and Facebook? Do you have a Twitter handle? Um, I absolutely do. I think it's um, SandyR25. My Facebook page is sandyrobertson.com. And how can we buy your book? Will this literally be, will, will this be our little God fairy mother, godmother, God fairy? Is it a God fairy God mother or is it a fairy godmother? There you go. <laughs> one of them, one, any of them is fine. Um, this book, the book that is on Amazon just now called I Believe I Can is more about my personal journey to how I got here. Mm. The book that you're talking about is In Creation As We Speak, which is going to be a modern day's, uh, modern day women's sort of um, survival guide to juggling horses and life. Kind of Bridget Jones meets Sandy Robertson. Oh, I like it. Well, we definitely need that because then when we're sat there sipping our gin at night, we won't feel so guilty because we'll say it's okay. Sandy did it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think I'm the only therapist that uh, commends drinking, condones drinking wine nearly every night. <laughs> that's what you have to do to be stressed then. That's what you have to do. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure, Sandy. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll send your eight-minute uh, mindset for the morning. We'll send that out on email. You can follow us, as always, on Twitter at Horse Hour, hashtag Horse Hour. And we'd love to hear your stories, how you get on with Sandy's mindset and, um, and how you're starting to... Well, how you juggle life. Let's not say, how are you being more positive? How are you getting through your anxiety? Anything like that. Let's just say, how are you juggling life? Because life's tough and it's difficult having horses and a family and a business and work and generally life. So um, yeah, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Sandy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll speak to you very soon. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to come back on any time at all. Take care now. (laughs) See you. Bye.
Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Right, well, if you missed it, don't worry. You can sign up to our email just by heading over to Twitter, head to at Horse Hour, and uh, on our website as well, horsehour.co.uk. It's really easy. There's a little button that says sign up, and you just pop in your email address. They've got all the GDPR regulations. We don't sell your data, and we only ever email you things about the podcast. So it's new releases that have come out so that you don't ever miss an episode again. Of course, you can catch up with previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website, horsehour.co.uk. And if you subscribe on iTunes and Acast, then every episode is automatically downloaded to your phone. We've got some great competitions this week on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. You've got to be on all three because you can't miss out on anything. This week, you can win two tickets to go to Hickstead. They're membership enclosure tickets as well. You get to go on the Friday and it's really easy to enter All we want to see is your pictures of you jumping your horse. And when I say jumping, it's you on your horse jumping. But what's been so lovely is the pictures that have been shared so far. You don't have to be an amazing jumper. You don't even have to be an amazing rider. It's just a fun picture of you with a couple of cross poles or trot poles and uh, and your pony. The hilarious ones are the dressage horses that are trying to be jumpers because I can totally relate to that. My horse is a dressage horse or rather a want-to-be dressage horse or rather uh, I want him to be in a dressage horse and uh, we can't jump at all. We go through the poles. So I can totally relate to the dressage ponies trying to jump and I think they're great. And, um, you know, you're a really really good riding bunch there's some great pictures there there's one of a little nine-year-old boy who his seat is just like glue this horse is flying his pony's flying over the jump and so do have a have a scroll through and look look at some of the other photos as well and it's nice to support each other so if you see a photo that you like then drop it a like at the same time Thanks again for listening to the Horse Hour podcast and for being such great supporters of us because you are absolutely the reason that I do this every week. And we've got some great episodes coming up. I just can't wait to share them with you. It was Tattersall's this weekend, Tattersall's Horse Trials in Ireland. And oh my goodness, brilliant to see. You can catch up with everything that happened on our Facebook page. A whole bunch of pictures as well. A lovely lady called Lorraine Clark was our photographer this year and she taken some beautiful photos so if you get a chance I think there were five cross-country trials going on at Tattersall's Horse Trials so you can go and see all the photos the dressage the cross-country the jumping and massive congratulations to everybody who won I hope you have a really good week with your horse and I'll speak to you soon you've been listening to Horse Hour join the community on Twitter Mondays 8pm UK time 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour follow Amy at Amy Stevenson 1 and subscribe to us on Acast iTunes Stitcher and Player FM Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 